Hi, I'm Bran, and I love Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. And I'm Lisa Peterman, and I only see movies in theaters that spell it T-H-E-A-T-R-E. And, and this, this is, is the Deck the, the Hallmark, Hallmark Podcast. Deck the Hallmark, it's his podcast. Brandon and friends host his podcast. We hope you like this jolly podcast. Welcome. Oh boy, that's welcome. The, that's the theater. The theater. For theater. those of you, that's right. Yes. Those of you at home who are just uncouth, it's yeah. the theater yeah. is what yeah. we're going yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Melissa, but it's spelled that way. I don't like that. Well, yeah. it's just like, who, what are we trying to do what, here? British? Yeah. Oh, theatre? No. No. Theatre. No, the theater. Yeah, it's like, the theater. God intended. That's exactly right. That's, that's right. exactly right. right. Melissa, welcome to Deck the Hallmark. We're so happy that you're here. This is your first time, uh, but uh, you are a Decky Award winner. That's right. Though. So yeah. this is um, a pretty big deal. Big I deal. Think. It is a pretty big deal. It's my decky is behind me. I don't know if you can see it over on the shelf over yeah. there. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like I've made it. That was that award means the most to me of pretty much uh, anything in my life, truly. Proudly well, displayed. I, and I know you you've you felt the weight of it, so you can't hide money. No, but no. but it was uh it was a, a big deal. When we sent it out, we knew that this was gonna be a, a game changer for you. So I you're mean, you're welcome. Costs alone. I mean, with the yeah. just must have and, been over. And they top. put the receipt right on the top of that box too. So there's no hiding how much we spent on it. I so, like it. I like it when you let people know how much you care by the right. amount of money you've spent. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Did they do overnight shipping? Yeah. No, it's priority. It's a nope. two day. It's a two, two day. day. Okay. All right. It's a two day. What's the what's the cheapest to get this out there? <laughs> media mail, huh? Let's do that. My decky came media mail. <laughs> Interesting. I know you could claim that. Uh, <laughs> Melissa, so happy that you're here. Uh, we always like to start at the beginning um, and just find out where you grew up and uh, when you first became interested in acting and then go from there. So would you do us the honor of telling us everything about your childhood? Okay. Well, everything Well, buckle <laughs> up. Um, I was born in uh, Minnesota in a suburb of Minneapolis, St. Paul. And, uh, you know, uh, youngest two sisters, it's my sister, Julie and myself and um, you know, Midwestern, uh, good parents. Um, what can I say? I loved, I, as a little kid, I loved watching Carol Burnett and I, oh, my favorite yeah. thing was like the weekends I would stay at my aunt Susie and my aunt Kathy's who, if anyone, uh, fast forward hosted the hall up the Holly premiere party, oh, that's um, great. spend the night at weekends at their house and they were very cool. They were single. They had a waterbed. Um, I mean, come uh, on. Yeah, enough said. And I would watch <laughs> SNL and get to watch all those, like Steve Martin. My my uh, aunt Kathy loves Steve Martin, so I sort of fell in love. And Gilda Radner, like comedy then, and sort of you know didn't quite wasn't able to articulate what that meant, but just thought I want to do that. And um, and then as you know, I did you know little plays in school, and then I remember in junior high, like you know the day you get your first laugh. Like I was like I'm six feet tall. I'm not like I'm I'm a in Minnesota, that's probably average height. Um, <laughs> but I just remember like not feeling like, you know, the, I didn't, I didn't, we all feel different in that, in that sort of time of your life. And I just remember like my defense was always like humor. And when you get that first laugh, you sort of feel like, oh, I, I like this. I want to do this. And then in high school, um, there was a really great theater teacher, Mr. Moraz, who did a program and it was called Showtime and you created a show. And I sort of, found somebody who saw what 
saw something in me and that was like the beginning and uh, went off to college, declared a theater major and went to, got my degree in theater, which I don't know what that means really. <laughs> um, it says I can do it on this piece of paper, hire me. <laughs> um, and uh, from there, I just did a lot of theater. And Minneapolis is a really wonderful theater town, like a lot of live theater, a lot of plays. So graduated from um, Minnesota State, which was Mankato State at the time with my theater degree, went to Minneapolis, did um, Tony and Tina's Wedding, did like 800 performances of that show, which is wow. all improv. And then went on to um, Deadly Riggs Brave New Workshop, which is like Second City in Minneapolis. Yeah. And um, saved money and did Tony and Tina's in, on the East Coast and then saved more money and then moved to L.A. and, you know, just try to say I wanted to try this and see what happens. So it, it sounds like you did this very responsibly. Like we hear stories of like, I packed up the Hyundai with the hatchback and I drove out and I slept on the beach until I found a job bartending. You, it sounds like you like, were like, I'm going to do this right. Like I'm going to keep doing the thing until I have the money to go do the thing. Is well, that accurate? Yeah. Well, a little bit. I mean, there's still a lot of risk, you know, as far as it's a big deal for a Minnesota girl just to go to LA. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I am a Minnesota girl, so we plan. I'm my father's daughter. Like, you have to have a backup plan. You have to have a cushion and a savings. And so I did sort of approach it with a little, um, I guess, Minnesota, Midwestern sort of have a plan B always. So, and then, but then knowing that once you move out there, don't have a plan B, if that makes sense. Like, you just say you're going to do it, but prepare, have money, have stuff. Yeah. What's the difference? And for you, when it comes to preparing for like an improv show versus preparing to do something that's scripted, do you have to tap into something different mentally when you're doing one of those versus the other? Or does it all kind of flow out of the same muscle? I think it's it's very different. I mean, the thing about improv that's wonderful is that you're not alone. You know, yeah. I'm relying on your your team to sort of be there for you you're usually you're not always you're not usually on stage by yourself so you've got your your main job is to be present in that moment and react off what everyone's doing so it's sort of like you it's not just you and and when you're preparing for like a scripted role like it's your it, it's sort of on you alone to to get it right and to to know your lines and to be prepared and to do all your sort of um the work before you get there and with improv you can't really do the work before you get there. You got to get there and just be there and do the work. So, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is I don't really prep for either. Um, <laughs> yeah, more I, than fair. More yeah, than it's fair. easy. You have a sheet of paper that says you can do it. I think that pretty much <laughs> I have establishes. A sheet of paper that says yeah. I, can, I got a decky award. I'm that's sorry. Right. That's yeah. right. You just bring I'm that sorry. in and use it as a paperweight for your degree and put it on the audition just when you go into auditions. You do that and you're good to go. How, how long did it take, like, you were in Minnesota your whole life, and then you said a little bit of the East Coast, but L.A. had to be some sort of a culture shock. Like, Minnesota girl, pretty much your whole life. How long did that transition and just to, to assimilate into what that is? We've been to L.A. We're in South Carolina. We've been to mm -hmm. L.A. a few times, and, like, it's just a different world out there. Like, how long did it feel like for you, to, did that did it take for it to feel like home? Yesterday. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. Yesterday. Good, I felt a little more comfortable yesterday. Like I yeah. figured out how to get on the 405. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So, well, that's um, half the battle. Yeah. Ha that's, that's just half the battle there. So what is that? 20 some years. Um, 
I don't know. Yes, it definitely was a huge shock. I mean, oh, for crying out loud. I'm from, I'm from Minnesota. You went full Minnesota there. <laughs> I mean, that. well, by the way, that I, I glossed over that. That was my first movie role was uh, Hooker number two in the movie Fargo. Fargo, because they filmed it in, uh, did they film it in Minnesota? A lot There's of it was some... filmed in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's such a great I thought movie. that might have been Hooker number two. I was like, is that, <laughs> is that Hooker number two? Yeah, not one. Not no, one. no, 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 no. You were no. two on the hooker call sheet. Yeah, of yeah. course. I, I did. Did your parents? How proud were they that you were hooker number two? Yeah. Oh my, um, my mom was like, "Why did I even get you a theater degree? You gave." Because I, mean, <laughs> I went from I went from Fargo playing hooker number two to playing Madeline um, Monroe in Tony and Tina's Wedding, which was um, she was a she was a stripper. So my mom yeah. was like, "Wow, there we go." Um, you've got it. You've got a type, but, um, they were actually very proud. Um, I think, yeah, they yeah. are very proud. So you, you get out to LA it's, it's clearly you're still Minnesota at heart. It's um, how, like, what was the big break? Like, I, did you, like, do you have, I asked this to everyone. Do you have a memorably bad audition story where you went in and you were like, yeah, that was aw awful. I don't know what I was thinking. Do you have any of those? I have so many of those. I feel like that we would have to have an, a, a, a mini series on the podcast. Yeah. Everyone has a bad, I've had many bad auditions and some of them I've, I mean, I still like to say that I missed out on a giant show because I got a bubble in my throat at like the, at a time where like, oh, 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 and if you just screwed up the punchline, I'm like, no, I have timing. It was a bubble. It was a bubble. <laughs> Give me one more. Give me one more. Um, one of them was I questioned Oh God, the audition was I was playing a lawyer for an alien couple that yeah. had like they were having it was like the first alien baby trial. I don't know. Yeah. And as you know, as a, as a, as a, as you do, and um, I'm in the audition and I'm playing the lawyer and it's very lawyerly talk about this alien baby. And I finished I finished my first pass at it and I said, you know, anything more? Do you want me to? you know, a little harder, a little bigger, whatever. And they're like, just remember, Melissa, this is like the most important <laughs> alien baby trial to date. And I couldn't help myself. Be, and I just was very sarcastic. Right, right. Because this is the one that's going to set precedent. Future <laughs> alien baby. I got it. I got it. And I, I, I just... I let myself get a little too snarky and sarcastic and I, and they didn't enjoy that. I don't know why. And <laughs> I, cause I just, it was one of those days where you'd been in like a million, like, yeah, I, I it's the most important. Yeah. Alien yeah. Baby. And I, I just remember getting out of there and calling my agent going, yeah, I'm not going to get this. Yeah, I don't, gonna book I don't, that one. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to. And that's it. a shame because alien baby daddy's been on the air for 22 <laughs> years. <laughs> they now. play it every day somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have a decky? No. Yeah, they, no, they, don't, decky. they don't. Syndication, yes. On decky, TBS, no. it's always that's 12 right. o'clock streaming show followed by the alien. Uh, Baby Daddy, Daddy, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's great. Exactly. I love we'll that still one. still refer to that case in law schools all over. <laughs> well, it is the biggest one. Yeah, that's right. The most important alien right. baby case to yes. date. Martian v. Peterman. That, that's right. That's uh, a, a plot makes me wonder what's the, the what's the weirdest? TV show that that came from? So no, no, no. I want to like that sounds pretty weird. Like you look at the script and you're like, wow, is does it get weirder than that? Because it that feels pretty far out there. Um, yeah, I, I I never am surprised by some of the stuff you get. Um, my the weirdest part is sometimes when you just get the sides or a couple pages of a script and you don't they don't they're not releasing the whole script so you have no really idea of what the context of the scene is and and you read these words and you think in what world does does this exist and 
Am I that, you know, so I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the actual weird, like characters that I've auditioned for. Um, oh my gosh. It's a 15. I don't know. <laughs> no, you're doing, yeah. No. You're doing great. What alien what, lawyer? What right? was the, what was the big break? Like, what was the, the, the role that you got that you were like, I am an, uh, uh, an actor in Los Angeles. In the theater. Professional. In the theater. R-E-T. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, I think I got as like, I think a lot of people when you first move out, move out here, I, I got one, I got a really big gig and then I got fired. I got mm. recast. It was like one of those, that first. Whoa. Yeah. What was it? Do you know what it was? What was it? What, what, do I know, we, what, do it was? know what it was? Do it's we know what it was? She knows what it was. It haunts her to this day. About it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do remember. And it was, I had, I had, I was very lucky when I got out here as far as I, um, I, had done a showcase. So I was getting auditions and doing stuff. And um, I booked a, a sitcom and it was with like John Goodman and like just a big, wonderful, like, I mean, this is like, you know, huge. I mean, I, your name was I, my dad, I was calling my parents and it was just like a huge deal. And everyone, it was nice. And this is what I realized. And I'm glad that this lesson happened. I mean, I'm not glad it's not a great lesson, but I'm glad that it happened early on. And I was able to get past it because people get recast in pilots all the time. In fact, I uh, ended up going on to be somebody that was the person that replaced somebody like I, but at that time it doesn't, you don't know that you don't feel yeah. that. And, um, and it wasn't anyone, it wasn't my fault really. It wasn't that anyone, you know, no one was out to get me. It was just, it was not the right sort of fit, but it's devastating to hear like one yeah. day your name's in, you know, the, on variety and you're, you have a parking spot in a studio and the next day they're spray painting over it, you know? Oh my God. And you still got Cheeto dust on your hand from eating them all night. Um, <laughs> is but, that what you do when you get a big role is you eat a bunch of Cheetos? I think is it's what I do that, I do that when I get the role and then when I was fired, this is what I was fired. Yeah. I'll tell you what, and it was, um, and I, I remember that um, uh, the late great Orson Bean was on that show. Wow. And, um, Anita Gillette and Mo Gaffney were all on this show. And I remember, and again, it was just, the night that it happened and you're just devastated. Like I was just, mm. I thought this was going to be everything. And they all called me and told me, you know, how funny and talented I was. And then they told me stories of the time that they got fired or recast and it meant the world to me. And I, if I still run into Mo Gaffney, I will tell her how much that that made me get up. And, and to be clear, like the same people that re, you know, recast me the next day called me to come audition for something else. Cause it was simply, it, they didn't feel like it was the right fit and it wasn't the right fit because I wasn't supposed to do that because cut to six months later, I auditioned for a little role um, on a show called um, Reba and it was. Yeah. So, well, and that worked out well for you. And uh, I'll say this, I don't know who replaced you, but they don't have a decky. They don't have they a decky. They, sure they don't. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Reba. Uh, I, I have to tell you, Melissa, I personal story for me, I moved uh, to St. Louis, Missouri with my wife from Greenville, South Carolina. And we, my wife was going to med school and we got there and we had credit card debt piled up. Neither of us had a job and we had nothing. And we had a TV and it picked up one channel <laughs> on the, on the antenna. And the channel was the CW and the show that was on just ad nauseum 
was Reba. I had never seen it before growing up in the South. I knew Reba McIntyre as a country music singer, but I was introduced to the whole gang, Reba, Van, Barbara Jean. I watched a lot of Reba because it was the only thing on. And I found it to be, I was like begrudgingly watching it at first. Yeah. And then I got invested in Reba and watched. I don't know if I've seen every episode, but I've seen a bunch of episodes and you're really funny on the show. The character of Barbara Jean is really funny on the show, but I have to ask about the accent because if you had told me that you were from like deep Minnesota, I would not have believed you because it's a very fun over the top, but believable. You're from Texas. I believe you're from friendly Texas in the show. Mm -hmm. And tell me about that. Was the accent a natural, like you're just in LA, you've lived in Minnesota your whole life. How do we get that accent so quickly? So good. Well, I don't know if I told you this, but I have a piece of paper that says <laughs> yeah. I'm an actor. Um, I, I I actually think that that accent came pretty kind of naturally. I do have an uh, uncle that lives in Texas, but it's, you know, I just sort of it's I feel like it was real easy to get into. And it was um, I don't know. I just, you know, doing improv, too, like when you would do improv any given night, you're thrown on stage and you're somebody shouts out a suggestion where you're from. What do you have to do? So you just sort of wing it. And. By the way, if you watch, if you then go back and watch all of them, you might find that sometimes I may have slipped into Minnesota for a hot minute. If, uh, yeah, but, but I'm sure. But again, and also hanging out with Reba, although hers is very Oklahoma, which is oh, different yeah. than Texas. Um, yes. But yeah, it just sort of it sort of came natural. It was I can slip into Barbara Jean real easy. But uh, yeah, I, what's wild is is that, and I know that every sitcom that runs a long time probably says this, or they say nothing. But I mean, you did Reba's movie The Hammer with her like last year. Mm -hmm. It's clear that there were some long relationships that came out of that show. That like everyone seemed to really just enjoy each other's company. A am I misreading that at all? No, we were we were all really really tight. Um, in fact. Uh, Reba was just performing at the Hollywood Bowl last weekend. Was it just last weekend? And Joanna Garcia, who played Cheyenne, yeah. he flew out for it. Steve Howie was there, Chris Rich. Um, and, you know, we all went to to see our girl. And it was, and all the writers, we had the some of the crew members that all worked wow. on the show were all still very, very tight. And, you know, you they become, you spend more time with them sometimes than you do with your family when you're making a sitcom. So, you really do. We did like each other and, and we hung out together. We'd start every day on that set, just talking and, and laughing and getting to know each other. And it was also a time in her life where, you know, um, I watched Joanna dating people and falling in love and Steve like met his wife, you know, at, at, on the show. And I had my baby when I was, I got pregnant on that show. We, and Chris Rich, his twins were born during that show. So we were going through these giant, um, milestones in our life together so that kind of bonds you in a way that it's sort of forever and you know i was texting with reba yesterday like i we're in each other's she's my i would call her my one of my best friends truly like we just we really are family yeah and the and you guys were texting about the reba reboot is that yeah uh just beep 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 beep, beep. um i cannot disclose <laughs> Reba, Fair Reba. Enough. In the world of reboots, yeah. Reba needs a reboot. This is such a, fan, it's such a fan question, but I've never had someone on the show that I watched probably every episode of their sitcom. Who is the person that would break the most on takes and ruin takes on that show? Um, oh, gosh. I'd say it, Reba was fun to break. 
Um, yeah. When she 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 maybe didn't break break the most, but when she did, it was really hard for her to get back into it. So she'd get to the same spot and do it again. Joanna, um, she was an easy break. And then if I was in a scene with Steve Howie, because he <laughs> makes me laugh so hard. If I was in a scene with him, I would break. In fact, I think you can see in the actual like show finale, like we're all barely, we're barely yeah. together. We're crying and we're still filming this like last scene. And Steve Howie just gives me a look and I'm in tears sort of in this last moment, we're doing this picture, but you can kind of see me break and I'm laughing <laughs> because he's doing something. Um, but yeah, if Reba broke, it was hard to get her back in because it would it would just go. But yeah, we, we're all pretty, pretty... I, I would like to say I was hard to break. Steve could well, do it, but I was you're hard. The improv yeah, comedian. You're the improv. Like you had that's yeah. part of your DNA. But the van character is such a doofus that it's that would be the one that would get me, I think, on the show. That the just the sheer just lunacy of that character would get me, I think. And he's just the funniest person anyway. Like he's just this giant ball of energy and he'll just he he just is hysterical. And his facial expressions. He just, I don't know, Steve Howie. I can, what I love too is like my son who's 17, who doesn't like, the, I'm not funny. I'm not. Of course not. God, no. <laughs> and I can watch, I can go on. Um, if I go on check like Hulu or anything, I see that he's watching episodes of Reba. So I know that he's watching them. Cause I'm like, it's like, continue watching. I'm like, Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. But so I, When I ask him about it, it's like, Oh, it's cause I love Steve. I, I love Van. I love Van. I'm like, okay. <laughs> If you say so, I know what I know. What you're paper, doing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, out of the gate to get something and it wasn't technically out of the gate, but to get something that's syndicated and runs for a long time gives you such an opera. I mean, like I hear numerous people say a sitcom's the best gig in LA because of the hours and the fact that you get to oh. this normal working week and it's not nights or whatever, but also the opportunity now that you have that, that Reba kind of opened the door for you to do other things. I mean, like that had to be something like Reba ends. Were you like scared? Like, oh my goodness, I don't have this steady thing. Or were you excited about, you know, a new frontier to, to move forward? Like, which was it? Well, after eating a couple bags of Cheetos, which I <laughs> of course, explained earlier, yeah. um, I was, I was sad. You know, it, it is a, it's a big giant. I, anytime anyone talks about it, their show ending after like five years, six years, I, I feel for them because you, it is sad. I was terrified. Um, and excited at the same time um but i felt like it was like a good like kind of eight months of just feeling a little blue like you just missed seeing him every day even though you were talking um but yeah and, and it was weird it was it was just a strange thing i felt rusty because you know i hadn't been out there auditioning and no. and being in front of somebody in a room i'd been working so i felt very rusty so i would get these auditions that were wonderful and i probably wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to do had i not been on a show but I felt like I would get in those rooms and be like, hi, is my voice weird? <laughs> oh, my God. Alien baby? Please. Like, I, had I have a deckie. <laughs> I have a deckie. Please hire me. Um, so I felt really odd and rusty in that room. And um, and then I just had to sort of let go and realize that as an actor, you have I just trust in that where I'm supposed to land. I'll land like that one show that I didn't ended up going. I wasn't supposed to do that. I was supposed to do the Reba show mm. and it was, but it was a while. Like, I don't think, I mean, I went on a lot of auditions and, um, and then I went on tour with Reba, did some stand up, And then I don't think it was a couple years until I booked that a series. Oh no, I did. What did I do? Oh my gosh. My timeline. Yes, I did. Get, I, I did another sitcom for CMT. I did working class for them after Reba a few years. 
after that, that only lasted one season and then that ends. And then you have another feeling of like, will I ever work again? And then baby daddy was what? 2000 and oh my gosh, I need to. Yeah. I looked at your IMDb page and I saw that you were on a show for a hundred episodes called baby daddy, not alien baby daddy. No, show. but we are working uh, yeah, on that. We are working on that, but and I never heard, I full disclosure, never heard of baby daddy before. Well, you guys have to watch a thousand Christmas movies a yes. year. How can we you do? Find? We do. And so, but like anytime I see a hundred episodes series regular, like, I feel like that show should be on my radar somewhere. What was like, what network was it on? What was it about? And like, what kind of gig was that? It, it was, um, uh, ABC family, which is now Freeform. And I do, th I do believe it's one of those shows that I, I wish was on more people's radar. Cause it was, it's a really funny show. And it was, um, uh, Jean-Luc Bilodeau, Derek, um, Thieler, Taj Maori and Chelsea Kane and I, and we, it was, um, they were, I was, I was the older, I was the mom on the show that I had had, uh, two sons pretty early in life, single mom. And they was basically, they're like, um, it was a, it's friends. It was sort of like a friends mm. feel show. And, um, but with a family element and my son ends up having a baby, uh, when he's really young too, and ends up having to raise this daughter. So it's sort of four friends, their, their crazy single mom who is loud and no boundaries, um, raising, raising a baby. And it was one other, again, one of those shows where I felt so lucky that I had that feeling that I had on Reba where I, we all liked each other so much and had so much fun and we're still tight. Like literally just a year ago, I, or almost a year ago, I, I officiated Derek Thieler's um, wedding. So wow. Um, yeah, you should find it. If you feel like it, you've got twin six-year-olds. You don't have time to watch another show. I mean, it's God funny. Um, Thanks for giving me permission not to watch it. I, I, but I that's would... why it's called baby daddy. Cause the, the, the boy, he has a baby. That's why it's, yeah, it's yeah. called baby no daddy for that reason. I got it. Yeah. I'm the baby daddy's mom. Yeah. You're the mo yeah. mommy, mommy, baby, baby daddy. Mom. Um, so on these sitcoms, are you able to like flex your improv skills at all? Or do you, for the most part, have to stick to the script or do you get to play around a little bit? Um, I've been pretty lucky. I think that it's really important as an actor that you give those writers everything that they mm -hmm. want and that they put on the piece of paper because they worked really hard and that's their baby. And, you know, so I always come in and I make sure I deliver it. I make sure I give them what they want. And hopefully as we work together, they realize, or maybe they see like during rehearsals uh, that if I, I always felt very free during rehearsals to throw out a line or, or pitch one. And, um, and as you build that sort of trust where the showrunners and the creators and the writers trust you to always deliver, then they sort of trust you to play. So, you know, I mean, even in Reba, they would, you know, once I gave them everything, they usually would not cut and let me do something else to see, or, they'd pitch an alt and it would be their, their alternative joke. And then maybe one of mine. And then by the time, you know, baby daddy, like, um, episode, I don't know, by the time we're at episode 30, um, Michael Lembeck, our director would sort of yell cut, not, not yell cut, make sure I give them enough space if they need to edit it right on the actual script and then let me sort of play around. So I've been lucky that the writers and have let, have trusted me enough to deliver what I need and then, let me play around too. So I've been able to play around. And I think it's great when you feel that there's a little bit of a collaborative feel on set. I think it makes everyone better a little bit. Yeah. You did a, a, a homework movie with Tia. Which Maori do you like better, Taj or Tia? <laughs> oh, I, all of them, every single one. They're it's all right answer. They really are all delightful. And they're all just like so funny and 
Um, and Taj, who, by the way, when I, the first time I met him at the first table read of that, of baby daddy, I, I felt like I had known him forever. Like he's one of the funniest, um, just, he was my, he was my, on the show, my, um, partner in crime. Like we, we always made each other laugh, but they're all wonderful. They're all great. And they're all really, they're just good at what they do. They've been doing it forever. Like, you know, since they were kids. I, yeah. I want to talk more about that, but before we get to homework, I do have to ask you this in your IMDb profile. It seems like you play a lot of games on television. <laughs> like it yeah. seems like you are constantly like in every game show and that has to be like a choice. Like that has to be something you love to do, right? Like, is, is that something that you would, if somebody's like, can if you could host a game show, you'd be up for that. I've hosted a couple game shows um, Fantastic! and I love them. I want to play game shows. I want to be on them. I want to host them. I love playing games and, um, and I have to do them on TV shows because no one in my family will play anymore because I'm too, <laughs> I'm too competitive or yeah. I, I get too verbally abusive. Sure. <laughs> Whatever, you know, whatever that means. half dozen of the other, which one was your favorite that you did on TV? What was the, that was your favorite game? Not necessarily best experience. I'm not asking you to throw anybody under the bus. I'm saying no, okay. which game is your favorite? I what well, currently like in present day, 25 words or less. I love playing that so much. I love Meredith Fear. I have the best time ever. But as I sort of started to get to play these, um, I got to do the $25,000 pyramid and was Donnie Osmond hosting. That was amazing. Oh wow. Um, and then I did the pat I did password um a couple times, and that was really wonderful. And then yeah. I got to do Hollywood Squares like oh, very man. early oh, on. Big and show. That was the most surreal experience because I just remember watching it growing up. And in, when you watch it, the squares look so like grand and whatever. And then you get yeah. there and I felt like I was climbing like a rickety <laughs> ladder to get behind like the oh, and then you look over there and it's I don't know, it could be Pam Anderson or Phyllis Diller and just the most random grouping of people in one place to play this game. So that one I remember was very, very surreal. And I couldn't believe I was, I was there. Um, but yeah, I love, I love, um, I love pyramid was very exciting. That's a hard one, but um, 25 words or less. I love. And I also currently love playing Pictionary with Jerry O'Connell as a host. He's, he's great too. Man. I love I'll go experience. wherever they ask. I literally would play um, tic-tac-toe on <laughs> Do it. I would. Like in a big Hollywood thing, right? Maybe even maybe maybe a yeah. tic tac toe, but with with like with Hollywood like stars starts. What would we call that game? Hollywood Square. Oh, that's great! Oh, Melissa. that's good. That's really good. I like that. Unbelievable. Like what if we did? Just, what if we just made it connect four, and then we just shoot celebrities down a thing? <laughs> you never yeah. know who's gonna come down. Just chuck them through. They're all. Like they don't have color. to answer any questions. We just just yeah. uh, throw them on down there. And we've got them. a lot of green lights happening. We've got uh, right. we've got Alien Baby, and we've got um, Celebrity Connect Four. It's a good stuff. It's I a love good that. stuff. Here. I love that. So you did do two Hallmark. You've done two Hallmark movies. You did a gingerbread romance, 2018. You play Linda, the the boss or bad guy or something. I don't. I, we did watch it in 2018. Um, remember? Uh, can I ask you? Do do you? Can you remember year to year like all the movies I, that you watched? I will say this: We did the first year. We did it 18. That was uh, the first year. 40. Yeah. We had 40, 37, 37 movies, yeah. and I could have easily completed any sort of matching section or quiz on any of those movies yeah. and would have gotten them all right or close to all right. And I thought, this is just, that's how my brain works. I have a good memory. And now we've watched, I mean, 500 Hallmark and Lifetime and whatever movies. And 
I I could not. There are some that are memorable. Like we'll get to Hall out the Hall in a little bit. Memorable. We'll not forget that one. But there are so many that are like gingerbread romance that are just kind of softballs that you just they all yeah. kind of come together. Um, and so no, if it wasn't for the fact that it was the first year we watched them, I probably would have not remembered any anything at all about it. Yeah. Um, That's so, I I if you uh, explain a movie to me. Yeah, for yeah, the most yeah. part, the titles though are just so like a oh gingerbread romance. Right. It's like love, like, love at Christmas, love. Christmas and love. Yeah, we love love the Christmas love. Like it, you know, they're you all love just the you know, love, there's yeah. all the same, all the same movie yeah. over and over again. But you you did that, which is a very cookie cutter, no pun intended, <laughs> Hallmark Christmas movie. And then you were on Hall of the Holly, which is as out of the box. I know there was a movie uh, where three dudes have to take care yeah. of a baby. I know that. But Hall of the Holly, for my money, was probably the most out of the box one of these films we've seen on the Hallmark Channel ever. It's funny. You've got Stephen Toblowski. You've got <sighs> Melissa Peterman, two of the funniest people on any character, like of character actors. I mean, you, you're bringing heavy hitters in left and right. You've got Lacey Chabert, the queen of Hallmark, and it's just quick it's fast paced everybody gets to play everybody scores in this movie and i just I, please could you describe as much as possible the difference <laughs> in working on these two movies which couldn't be more dissimilar i feel like um well first of all i didn't really have a, in gingerbread romance i didn't really i only worked probably a couple days it was such a it was a pretty pretty small part it was fun, but it was fast. I felt like we just did a couple takes and I felt good about it. Everyone was kind, but I didn't really, I wasn't, um, I, I, it wasn't, I didn't have a ton of time on that set truly. You know what did I mean? Did you get any gingerbread out of the gig though? Any gingerbread? <laughs> Be honest. I got, um, I got a couple gingerbread. I got a gingerbread purse. I took some gingerbread props from there. Um, and I ate a lot of gingerbread. Fantastic. You just, you, when you say you took it, you stole it. Did you steal from the gingerbread Christmas set? Um, you can't say I didn't. Um, okay. yeah, I might Fair. have. Fair. Um, so yeah, so that one was, it was very much, you, you came in and you did your lines and then you did them a couple takes and you sort of left and, and then they had to move on because they moved really, really fast. And again, Linda, I didn't have a, I didn't have a ton of stuff. So I, I can't remember if it was a couple, it was like three days or maybe, maybe three or four days, lovely experience, great and fun. But the difference between that was I had, you know, we had two, I had two weeks on this show. I knew Lacey. I met Lacey when we had did baby daddy. She came and did like a, a little arc oh. of the show and was a, we were thrilled because we're like, oh my gosh, Gretchen Wieners is on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And we all fell in love with her. We became good friends on that show. And we'd always sort of talked about wanting to work together. And this is the other thing. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people know this now. Lacey is really funny. Oh yeah. And um, so when this happened, I was so excited because we finally like manifested working together, but the difference was definite. It was a huge difference. We were all there. Um, <clears throat> and then Steven Tobolowski, who mm. literally has been in every movie <laughs> that I have adored him. And I, I was such a fan and <clears throat> I, we had actually did one episode of Reba together. If you ever want to go back and Google a funny scene, go, go Google his scene on Reba. He played a judge. Oh, I'm sure. But anyway, the, the atmosphere was very much, we knew we were, we knew it was, we were making a comedy. Obviously we knew that, but, and we had McLean Nelson, who was a great director who really fostered that sense of play for us, which was, that's what this movie's got to feel like. He had a definite vision of what it's going to feel like. And so he did allow us to um, <clears throat> have fun in some of those moments. He allowed Stephen and I to sort of improvise lines and 
excuse me. <clears throat> this is how I lost that one. That's show. right. That's right. That's All right. We're good. We're tonight. good. Thank you. We'll be in touch. Melissa. Yeah. I, I did, I'm not on modern family because of a bubble <laughs> in my throat. Um, and so we just, it was so, we just had a blast and we felt like Ellen Travolta was, I remember my first second with her. I knew that I was going to just be having the best time. So we, and a lot of those scenes too, that's the difference. If you notice again, you have you seen a Hallmark movie? Yes, you've seen them all. A few of them. We're, we're, there's a lot of group scenes in in this movie, yeah. which there's yeah. really a lot of, most of the movies are couples or like, it, there's not a lot of that. So when you get all of us in a room to do with that white elephant thing or to do this Christmas tree lighting, the fun is just there. So um, it just felt very, it was just a completely apples to oranges, different feel. It felt like we were making something really special. And it's also that thing where I, even after a, how many years in the business where I sometimes don't trust it, even though I should, is that it felt so good and it it felt funny. And I was laughing, like I even Stephen or Ellen or anybody could just, Wes, and Wes, how funny Wes yeah. was, Wes was willing to go be that guy that's the good looking guy who's kind of a nerdy goof, but he still gets the girl. And like, that's what I loved about it too, is that that just felt so much, it just felt fun. I felt fun in the moment. And I was like, please let this translate. Please let this translate. Cause right now in this little bubble in Utah that we're making it, it feels really special. And um, I, I think it did. I feel like people like oh, it. Did. So it was, yeah. it just felt, it. I, no one wanted to leave. I didn't want to leave. Yeah. Wes has been on the show. He's such a kind dude. We love that guy. Um, the fun, the hardest I've ever laughed at a Hallmark movie is you singing, uh, in, in that film. Um, please, that was that, what, what was the, what was the impetus there? Like, was that, was that you? Was that what, how many takes did, did um, anybody break? I, I, I mean, I, my stomach hurt, Melissa. It was hysterical. Um, that was two in the morning. Um, it was about, I don't know if that room was at that point, it was maybe 109 degrees. Um, we were trying to film that big giant scene. And again, to our amazing crew and our camera guys in McLean that they, we had, we had, we didn't have a ton of time to get it, but we did. And we're all a little punch drunk. We're sweaty. We're trying to get it there. And, and, um, I don't remember if it was, if I just started to sing it or as a joke. And then they said, no, do that. And they said, just keep doing that. So I just started singing in that dulcet tones of Oh, Holy Night and it got louder and louder. And then I kept forgetting the words and then they kept making me do it longer and longer. And I'm like, I don't even remember the words. And I'm just like, ah, and we just kept going and it made us all, we couldn't take it. We were just laughing. And I just thought, and, and we all thought if they get one second of in that, that they can use, it'll be so funny. But it was, it was off the cuff. Um, threw it out there way late or early in the morning. And um, it, it's made, it's funny. It made me laugh. And I was oh, embarrassed to read it in a way, but then I just said, go for it. Just sing louder, be louder. Oh man. Classic, a classic moment, just a classic TV movie moment of any kind. I wish you could see, I wish they, I don't know. I don't know if Hallmark ever does. They need to release bloopers because oh. Steven, there's some things that he would go off on a rant. Like, I mean, and I could I, not look him in the eye. If he was doing it, I could not look him in the eye. He's so there, serious. There are times in. like where, you know, like you have these filler lines that you say to start or end the scene and it, everything he said, was just like, what? It, I need more of the story. What's he got going and on? They, and they name him Ned. It's just, that's his name in Groundhog Day. And it's so perfect. 
And that's exactly it. It's those throwaway lines. And you're like, yeah. well, he might just be trailing off. And like, well, and that's when I put in the new bunker in the basement. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> what is going on at Ned's house? And and that you immediately, that's what Stephen is so genius about of like, that. that's the key of, of like anyone who's so good at that is that you don't have to explain. You start in the middle and it's just a little glimpse of that character and what he is. And I mean, I couldn't look at him. I mean, we were doing that tree lighting and we would throw lines at each other. And I, first of all, kept pinching myself going, I'm getting to play with this guy who's yeah. like at the top of his game. I better step up. And he just, and that's the thing that I think was kind of special about the movie too, is that I wanted to be better because it's Steven. And then I see Lacey who, that scene with us at the front door of the, hmm, don't. <laughs> My cookie, like that was Lacey. That was Lacey playing with me and letting me play. Like it's all about each other. Yeah. Like we all sort of elevated each other. And then Ellen, by the way, there's probably 15 takes of Ellen Travolta, National Treasure, as she would often talk about my brother Johnny, who we know, Ellen. <laughs> um, you know, she does like 15 takes of her making up different um uh, what FOMO meant. Because she would say, like, I've got the FOMO, and then I just threw out, like, you know what? Mary Beth, I'll give you a hundred dollars to tell me what FOMO actually means. <laughs> and and they would and they Ellen would come up with something different every time, and I couldn't take it. It was just so much fun. <laughs> so I think we all just sort of we all sort of came going. I better get on my game because you all came to play, and and that was was felt really special about it. Really fun. Man, that's great. Well, Stephen Allen don't have deckies. They don't. They don't. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I mean. Man. And I think was Stephen Tobolsky nominated in the same category as Melissa and Melissa got the deck. We have to take it to the tape. I, don't I think that might have happened. I don't want to put I don't put words in anybody's mouth, but that I think that might have happened. Happened. I I do have a question. Now that you said that about Stephen Tobolsky, he's he plays a serious character in one of my favorite movies of all time, Memento. Chris Nolan's Memento. Uh, his character is very dark and serious and not funny at all, and he's good at it. And it's mm -hmm. like if you feel like you never get to see that, you since you have a sitcom background and most everything you do has that like you know improv or quick wit or comedic tenor do you feel like you've ever wanted to dip your toe into more like serious dramatic stuff and haven't haven't been given the opportunity or is that something well that you haven't doesn't... seen the latest season of young sheldon it gets dark <laughs> it is a little dark i mean they do give like i, I what i appreciate about that to answer your question yes i would love to do um um more dramatic or sort of maybe a little darker comedy i because i i do think that you know the thing that you know about Steven is that I think it's so much people that can make you laugh can make you cry much easier than I think people that maybe only do dramatic work. I think that the line between what makes you laugh and makes you cry is very, very a fine line. And I think that it's easy for people that do comedy to sort of go into that because, you know, you think about those scenes, like even, I don't know, Steel Magnolias, where it's this giant scene and then Weezer just throws out hit weed, whatever, like those, like it, it's, it's a, it's it's a natural fit, I think, sometimes for comedians to go into that um, darker thing. And I love doing that. And I actually would like to do more of that. But um, I've been given some opportunities. I, I think, you know, definitely, I think in Young Sheldon, they've given Brenda Sparks some of these really that, yes, it's a comedy show, but they're, they allow those moments that are sort of like, she's not just this mean neighbor. She's kind of, she's sad and she's hurting and she, you know, needs a friend and, and is, is looking for something. So, 
Yeah, I would love to do more. But Stephen is is very good at that. That's because he's. I feel like comedians are often just um, they're observers of the human condition. You know, they're always looking, and so they they're just. It's an it's easier for them to sort of get back and forth. I think, or they're open to it. Uh, one more haul out the Holly question. I we, ask away because I'll talk about it forever. Well, <laughs> typically I am not a a sequel guy. I with these yeah with, with all, yeah with TV because when it's just about the romance, it's like we got the kiss. Wonderful. I like living in the 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 you know we don't they live happily ever after in our minds and we don't need any more of that. Right. But this, with Hall the Holly, it was there's so much with this cul-de-sac. There's so much story oh, to yeah. tell and there's so much uh, just, I want, I want individual uh, movies for each of these characters. Almost. Is there, is there any, any chatter? Can you break any news of a, of a haul at the Holly too? Are we going back to the cul-de-sac? Um, haul out the Holly on ice. Um, Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Pamela and Ned, we do a triple axle. Yeah. Um, triple axle man wow. you did it there yeah. yeah um you know it does chatter count of me like yeah. saying it out loud it does time? yes um i you know i think that i think everybody would love to do more and i agree with you i think there's so many stories to be told and about this this group of neighbors and as individuals they're just interesting they're all interesting on their own which is wonderful um so yeah i, I chatter about it all the time so fingers crossed there could be, uh, there might be, um, I'm really loud too when I chatter. So um, I love it. that helps. We're well, speaking it into existence. I think today is right. what we're doing. I think that's so we're doing it. Let's keep doing it. Like I would love to see Melissa Peterman on uh, Saturday Night Live. Let's wow. put that out there. Let's do oh that. Say it out loud. I would love yeah. to, by the way. Yeah. That well, would you'd be, be unreal at that. Like you, my you dream. Know. Yeah. Come my on. Dream. I would love that. Uh, I want to talk really quickly about the hammer. Um, I watched the hammer. I really enjoyed the hammer. And speaking of things that you have to say the hammer every time the hammer. Say, okay, I'm, uh, I, I, like yes, the hammer. the hammer. I have to. Is, that, is hammer. that part of your, is that part of your home Depot deal? <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Uh, code also at, at home Depot. Right, yes. uh, have you ever needed a hammer? <laughs> um, Reba McIntyre's the hammer. I'll say the full thing. Um, uh, speaking of things that I think can continue, that it's it set itself up to almost uh, have multiple movies because you have this amazing character in this town and she's doing hammer stuff. She's the hammer. I don't <laughs> know. Reba McIntyre. It's hammer time. Hammer time. Yeah. Uh, one, I do want to know was that a Reba calling you and being like, hey, you got to get down here. I think this is going to be great. How did that all of that end up? And what was it like getting to work with Reba again? I imagine that was just so much fun showing up and working with your best friend. Um, Not that I, I don't know what that's like. No, no, no. We yeah, hate we each don't you like each other. No idea. I don't know how you guys fake it every day. Like, I don't know how yeah. you do. Um, yeah, um, I actually read the script or I, I got sent the script and it was sort of like, they'd love you to do this movie. And this is why I love her so much. Cause she never, she always like sort of plays by the rules where I, she never, I, I didn't even know she was in it when I read it. <laughs> that's I great. No idea. I read it and I and I'm not joking. I was reading the script and I was reading the part for Chris and I I I could hear her voice as this judge. I was like, oh wow, playing the judge, but they should get Reba McIntyre. <laughs> um, and so I, I I read it. I go, I there was the I, as soon as I there was one scene that I read. It was the same thing with um, Hall at the Holly too. Is when I got to this when I got to the scene with Lacey at the door. I'm like, I want to do it. I don't even know what's in the rest of the script. I will finish it, but I want to do it. Same thing with the hammer. I'm reading it. And there was this one like like little scene, I go, I want to do it. And then, so I said, I, I'd love to do it. And then, then I find out, guess who's 
guess whose sister you are? And it's Reba. And then that, and, and she's like, and I, of course she said, I want Melissa to be in it. I'm, I know she did. Yeah. And then um, it was so much fun. And the thing about with, as you know, or you, maybe you don't know, cause you guys um, are not best friends um, that you have a shorthand. Like it's like showing up on set and I don't have to do the like, hi, I'm Melissa. And um, I'm, I need coffee in the morning. And I like to prepare this way. Like we, we have a shorthand, we have a history. I know how she likes to approach work um, and I don't have to explain herself. So we just get there and get to play. And, and we were in Canada um, for a couple of weeks together and it was like being at camp, you know, That's we, great. we just all hung out. We, we would rehearse lines at night after dinner and we watched movies and um, it was just, it was, it was awesome. I wish I could do it all the time. I, I like, I always tell her, I like, I go, I love working with you. I love not working with you. Meaning I like to go play with you and be like, just do fun stuff too. But I, I love it's, it's a, it's, she's a natural fit. We just fit together that way. Yeah. I, well, I'm also Reba's best more. friend. I think so. might be more hammer. I, I, I'm, I'm Ooh, fingers crossed. More. more hammer. More, more hammer. hammer. Yeah. Well, yes, uh, please. <laughs> and thank you. I, I'll say that more hammer, um, more hall at the Holly and Melissa on SNL. I, yeah, think, I think we've, we could do all of that. Yeah. What about I, alien baby? We've got yeah. so much on pre-production. You guys, we've got to get started. No, that's, I true. Mean, that's true. It's overwhelming though. When you say it all out loud, it feels, feels yeah. daunting. Yeah. Can I pitch one more thing too, which I think you guys need to be involved in? Oh, um, wow. yeah, let's hear I'm it. a giant fan of yours. And I really know what a big deal this is to be on, on this show in, in it's a big deal. Why did Hallmark channel a game show? Oh my gosh, dude. Why isn't there like a Christmas, a trivia, like or something where, whether it's, I mean, Melissa, if the three of us don't host a game show, I don't like, I don't know if I'll be able to live with myself. I think it's perfect. I think it's a perfect idea and I can't believe I've never thought of it. It would be so much fun. And it could be ones where like we give away, whether it's Christmas, I mean, we could do, it could be, it could be a limited one where it's during the holiday seasons. We could give up. I'm already thinking of it. I'm trying to, we got to brainstorm because I think it's a natural fit for the channel. And it would be good. People are giving away stuff during the holidays. We're going to have fun. You guys are perfect. Wah! Man. We got to get working. We got to get, we got to get cracking. All right. I'm going to throw out some things and you tell me if you can only do one thing. Um, okay. The game show, another <laughs> hammer, another hall at the Holly. Oh my gosh. Baby alien or SNL. Well, you got to go SNL. Well, you have to do SNL. Well, That's a lifelong dream. But baby alien is this is no, baby alien. You don't know what time. it means. Now's the time to be selfish. You've had a long career. SNL's once in a lifetime. Don't you dare sacrifice that for an alien baby. This is the biggest court case. <laughs> the <ahead>. most important <laughs> alien baby to date. Um I'm I here's what it, I do. I'll choose SNL. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yep. again, childhood dream yes. should like be there, but it'll go so well yeah. that the next morning I'm getting phone calls going, guess what? Haul out the Holly too. You better yeah. get to set. After I like that, what you're doing. Hammer too. And then they're like, Melissa, you were you were so genius. What do you want to do next? It's and it's Hallmark. I'm like, we want to do a game show. And you know, I mean, I feel like the SNL thing, dream come true. Yeah. Trickle down to everything else happening because it goes perfectly yeah this is she's been in she may not have may not have fully assimilated at los angeles but she's been there long enough to give the the answer where everybody's happy and that's impressive melissa be honest have you have you thought through your snl monologue 
you or like a, a character you do? No, I want to know the opening monologue where you do the fun thing. You tell a little bit. Have you thought this through? Um. Oh, gosh, it's been such a long time since I've had a couple glasses of wine and done it in my bathroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> so long. Daisy. So long. It's been how many days has it been since Saturday? It's been. Yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been five sleeps away. Um <laughs> Uh, oh my God. I always, of course, everyone always says the first thing, it's like a dream come true. I feel like I could actually show pictures of me. I think I have actual photo of, of, of me, like as, um, you know, a seven-year-old at my aunt Susie and Kathy's watching SNL, like old pictures of that. Yeah. Um, I would probably, oh my gosh. Um, oh, I would do a flashback to my first time watching it. My first time. I mean, I, I don't know what I would do. I actually, I do know what I would do. I would do a musical number and yes. I would do the thing where you're walking through the whole thing. I yeah. love those if they're done, if they work, they're genius. Yes. And I and do, if they I don't do this was my childhood. I would do the blues, I would do Jim Belushi as the blues oh. brothers, I would do King I would do all these things, and I would try to do every character that I would imitate as a kid in a musical number as I walk through the entire um studio and then end up back on the stage. And then I say, This is for you, and Susie and Kathy. And uh, we'd start the show. Come on. Come on. That's fantastic. Well, I've Lauren, come in. Um, Lauren's been here the whole time. <laughs> He's listening. in South Carolina. A huge deck, the Hallmark fan. Yeah, yes. Yeah, we've turned him down numerous yeah. times. He keeps program. begging to come on the show, and we yeah. say, "Do you have a decky? Yeah, do you have yeah. a decky? Get out, Lauren. Get out, Lauren. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Is, is it time for rapid fire? I think it's time for rapid fire, oh, no. Melissa. We, we we each get to ask you three questions. These three okay. questions are similar to, to what, what we've doing. been doing, That's but right. different in that it's they're fire. they're fast. <laughs> unless you don't answer them fast, and which they're is not, totally which is fine also well. fine. That's right. Dan, take it away. Uh, um, it, since you mentioned Gilda Radner and Steve Martin was not technically ever. Uh, a featured player on SNL. He was just a host. Who is your favorite, not Gilda Radner SNL cast member of all time? Oh my gosh. Of all time. Um, oh God. That's really, really hard. Um, Kristen Wiig, um, yeah. McKinnon and um, yeah. Fred Armisen, yeah. um, Bill Hader. But one, uh, you get you one. <laughs> I know. Oh, um, oh gosh. Uh, I'll, I'll go with, um, I guess because it's more recent, but oh, oh God, this is so hard. Um, I'll say Kate McKinnon. Ah, yeah. this is not rapid we had, fire. We had, to, we, we had to come up with our top five, and McKinnon and Wig were both in our top five. So okay. there you have it. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, we we we're gonna hang out in LA, yeah. and you get to you get to show us the town. What what? Tell us the perfect day. We get in it at eight fifteen a.m., and you're like, let's. <laughs> Let's have some fun. What's the whole day look like uh, with us hanging out? Um, are we going to start at eight fifteen a.m.? It's up to you. No, I mean, no, apparently, you can give us some time to check into a hotel, maybe. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll give you some time to check in. Maybe shower because it's. I'm guessing yeah. it's a long flight. Spirit Airlines um, doesn't smell great either, and that. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah um, you get it. So I'm gonna and I'm, I'm gonna put you to a hotel that's um like. Let's see. Where would you? I'm gonna put you somewhere mid. Let's see. I'll put you at the Beverly Hills Hotel. We want to stay okay. there. That'll okay. work. Yep. Well, allow um, it. all right. Let's see. We'll have lunch. We'll go have. I'm on the east side. Like I'm an east side girl, so I'm not over like in the. I, I'm in Silver Lake sort of area, so it's that. So I would say I would take you maybe on. I take you up to the Griffith Park Observatory, which you get a great view of like the Hollywood sign and all of that. Um, and then maybe I'd call in a favor. I'll tell you what. The Universal Studios backlot tour, it's still pretty great, as is the Warner Brothers tour. 
I would maybe get do the Warner Brothers one with you because that's kind of fun. We'd go out to the Dresden room. Remember um, from Swingers, the movie Swingers, where yeah. Marty and Elaine were? Marty, so um, Marty's not there anymore, but we'd go there and have like a great, like maybe a happy hour cocktail at the Dresden. Wow. Um, and then uh, and then I would need to nap at some point. Yeah, sure. Of course, that's, yeah. that's a lot of driving. Um, and then I would probably, even though it is LA, I would want you guys to come back to my favorite spot in town, which is my back patio. <gasps> okay. We'd be honored. Oh yeah. And we have patio chat back there and we have, I, I will have, um, beverages for you. I have lots of snacks. We've got a little, little pool in case anyone wants to jump in. And I like to be in home base as the evening ends. So then we can sort of just let loose, see what happens and no one Damn. has to worry. No one just. That sounds yeah. great. Sounds lovely. And not so much planned that it's not relaxing. Right. That's what I liked about that day. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah you try to much. stuff like, it People come there. to LA and they think, you know, my mom will come like, let's go to the Geffen Museum and then go over there. And it's like, no, pick one, mom. Just pick one major thing and then the rest will be little filler stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good day. I'm living, I'm uh, doing it in my mind and it's really fun. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, good. It's good. Maybe, maybe oh, after we record. We'll go to Home Depot and yeah, we'll look for yes. Oh, get one of their we'll, hammers. We'll all hold hammers. Oh, we'll take a goodness. picture. You'll send it to Reba. That'll be fun. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah that's hammers, that's, that's choice there. Um, what is the thing you're watching, reading, or listening to in your downtime? Like if you get some Melissa time, what is it that you're turning on Netflix or wherever and watching? Well, Succession. Um, oh my gosh, I've not seen this week. Don't say anything yet. I've got. I've not seen it. I hear it's a big week. I've avoided spoilers. My wife and I are watching tonight. Don't spoil it. Don't do say. It. Don't do, do it. it. Don't do, do it. it. He's never seen do the it. thing. I don't care. He's not seen it. It's like Arrested Development, but serious. I love it so very much. Um, speaking of, I just rewatched all of Arrested Development because oh. it's going off of Netflix. Oh my Remember, gosh! They're taking it off the platform, so I was like, you know what? Gonna rewatch it. The so first I three that. seasons of Netflix, Melissa, I have them memorized. They're just perfect television. Oh my goodness. So uh, her, great. her. Um <laughs> I mean, everything about that, those first three seasons is genius. And oh. sidebar, I'll if I wanted to do you want a quick story about the time I met Jason Bateman? Please, and yes, so absolutely. Awful. It yeah. was my worst meeting. So maybe when you come out there, we have to do a re-meet with Jason Bateman. So I'm it was during it was during the Reba years and Reba was at Fox studios. So we were at Fox. So Arrested Development was also at Fox wow. and, and there was this network party and, um, and the show, I don't think it had become quite like it was still finding its footing, but I knew how I, I how yeah. funny it was and um, Buster and just everything. <laughs> it was just the best. So there's a network party for Fox. I feel I, again, I kind of dread those things. I'd rather be at home on my back patio by like having a cocktail there I go to the party. I feel kind of good. I feel like I look okay. I look all right. And it's, it's good. I'm there. Um, I shake the hands I need to. I'm doing all that stuff. Jason Bateman comes up. Somebody introduces me and I just say how much I love the show. I think I said something funny. I made him laugh. Um, it was a successful encounter, yeah, you, did you know? It. And I was like, all right, exit big Peterman, get out of there. So I get into the elevator um, and you know how, like, sometimes just on the way down, you've already taken off your party face and everything. You're like, ah, I'm done. I'm going to get yeah. home, sweatpants, pizza, back patio. <laughs> so I'm, I've already, like, in my mind, gotten out of the party. I get to the valet stand. I give him my ticket. Guess who, like, comes right right behind me? It's Jason Bateman again. And he's giving his ticket to the valet. This is my thing. After all of a nice, oh, no. successful car, I go, oh, <laughs> you again. Oh, oh, you drove? Oh, you drove here? I drove here, too. 
I can drive. I said, I can drive. I told him I can drive. As I'm giving the valet, I'm like, oh, yeah, you drove here. I drove here. I can drive. I drive myself. Uh, I went on some sort of like lost a chip and talked about how I know how to drive myself. That I'm like a 30 some year old woman or whatever at the time. I can drive cars. I drive cars now. I drive the cars. Yeah. And Did he, he just... literally he looked at me like maybe he should call my my home health care worker to escort <laughs> me home. And then and I it was awful. And then I couldn't get out of it and it just spiraled and spiraled. And then my car came up and I was like, okay, I guess I'll be driving off. <laughs> the worst. Like the worst. That sounds like that something like a, a, a go ahead. The fact that I still remember this, how many years later, like it was so awful. It was awful. And I love him so much. And I'm such a fan that I know that he'd never remember it. But in my head, it just loomed like this giant, awful. I drive. I can drive a car. I I can drive a car. Did he just, did he say anything back or was he just kind of blank face? It was like, oh, oh, okay. Good, good. Good for for you. this seems like something that like Jennifer Coolidge, a character she would play, would get in and she doesn't know that she's doing anything wrong. That's no, what it sounds exactly. like. <laughs> That's a genius of her too. That it, it, I would uh, love it that I had no self-awareness. Wouldn't it be great if I thought, wow, nailed that encounter. <laughs> I got in the car, you're like, I can drive cars. Me you and, bet. Me and Jason <laughs> are friends. Oh my gosh! Oh, this is a nice walk to life, feeling like every encounter you had was successful. Nailed like, it! And go, you guys loved me. They That's loved right. me. Yeah, we did love you though. Oh, but, and true. I do. I don't want to keep going back to this well. But once again, Jason Bateman does not have a decky. He and doesn't. I, he doesn't. I don't know what to tell you. I know. Right over what there, a, right there, baby. That's right. What a loser. That's right, that guy. I bet he can't drive. Um. <laughs> Cars you know or otherwise. I left first. I don't even know if he did get. You didn't know. see it. You didn't see neither it. confirm you didn't or know deny. how. He didn't even sure. know how. Sure, you're killing it on lots of levels, but can you drive? Yeah, I don't cars. Think so. <laughs> as far as I know, I've never seen you drive. That's right. That's right. Um, I don't know. In a hypothetical world where Reba and Lacey Chabert have to thumb war um to win some sort of battle who wins in that thumb war best two out of three rounds mcintyre yeah yeah it's a good answer Casey has the tiniest the cutest tiniest hands i mean we joked on set we would always be like every time Lacey sneezed when she sneezed it would be like it was like the cutest most delicate sneeze so wes and i would always say every time Lacey chabert sneezes a kitten is born <laughs> tiny little kitten just so a little kitten out there she's just i feel like reba reba's been in the rodeo reba yeah. been there like yeah. your thumb bear and she would just reba hands down mcintyre yeah people that sneeze cute are, no, that's just unfair know. it's not it's, yeah it's not right it's not fair. i gotta cut but, it loose man <laughs> gotta cut into loose. your elbow of course of course Come on, guys. So you, um, need to make, you have to. Your face has to look hideous for like right. a second, yeah. for just like a for like a tenth of a second. It's that's like right. a death mask. That's what that's it right. is. And then, but no, Shabara just. Yeah, that's a <sighs> classic. Um, so you did stand up for Reba uh, when she before she would perform music. You came out and did stand yeah. up first. Okay. Um, what city was the roughest crowd? Ooh. Oh. Ah. Uh, 
Oh my gosh. Probably, and this sounds weird, but maybe because it was just in me, but it was when we did um, my hometown, like in many, and not because they weren't feeling it. I think I was so nervous and excited. I, I, and I, again, also I'm Midwestern. So I know what Midwestern crowds are like, like they're they're They, they love it. They are on time. They show up They're your mm-hmm. fans and they support you, but they're not loud. You know what I no. mean? Like I remember I would do improv in Minneapolis and, you know, people come like, Oh gosh, you guys were so funny. I almost laughed out loud um, <laughs> you know, because they don't, they don't want to disturb you or like, yeah. mess you up. Yeah, I don't want to mess so you in up. my head, that was the most excruciating night. Cause I had so many friends and family and you want to be like, look, you know, I, I, I did it. And so that to me was really tough on me. I don't think the crowd was tough, but as far as a tough crowd, I have to say, you know what? country music fans they're like pretty awesome and they love her so they're just happy to oh, be yeah. there so yeah i really don't feel like i had a night that i felt like i i completely tanked i mean i'm sure there were mo- some but i blocked I mean, them out your country music like look you're four beers deep and reba hadn't started singing yet like life could not get better yeah. you know what i mean like you're you're like that's that is the crowd that's a great crowd to perform to i, I can see that one. for sure and, and, and because they love her and they know that um, she she likes me. They already come in kind of liking you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I that's think really the first, nice. The, the first couple times I did it, I had I was a big learning curve of like what my job was, and my job really was to um, make them just you know reaffirm their love of Reba. Like that was that was sort of the bent of the comedy of like talking about her and how much you know in a funny way. But um, yeah, they were great. It was a great crowd to um, to get to to do standup for, you know, in giant arenas for like, that was pretty amazing. My last question. Um, I, I do, I want to go back to the patio really quick and I just want to ask you, um, what is your favorite cocktail to make? Ooh, um, favorite cocktail to make. I would say I'm pretty simple that way. I would do like maybe a vodka with mixed with, um, I like to do La Croix, like a little, like a, maybe a peach or pear one. And then maybe a splash of like whatever citrus, if somebody wanted it, maybe a ginger, a little of that, but a vodka with a, like a, a flavored water and a little fruit thing, something like that. Man, Fantastic. Yeah. Melissa, we did it. You are fantastic. You are fantastic. Uh, I, I gotta be honest. And you can drive. We're, you can drive cars. I can drive you guys. I drive cars. <laughs> yeah, that I got to be honest. We're over an hour, Melissa. We this doesn't happen too terribly often around here at Deck the Hallmark, and I feel like we've not scratched the surface. You must come back and join us again. This has just been the best time. I would absolutely love to. I was waiting. I was sort of feeling like, wait, are they going to email me? Is this going to happen? And I want to. <laughs> I want. I was going to play it cool. I was playing it Bateman cool, like just yeah, ride yeah. this out, Peterman. And so I'm thrilled. Thank you for having oh, me. Oh man. Thanks yeah, so yeah, much. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can't wait to see uh, Hammer Two and Hall the Holly Two and you on us. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But but until then, may we be the first to wish you a Merry yeah, Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Deck the Hallmark's the Bravel Jam podcast is produced by Aaron Shea. What? For more information on Deck the Hallmark, you can go to deckthehallmark.com. For more information on the Deck the Hallmark family, you can go to BrambleJamPlus.com. Deck the Hallmark is presented by Philo TV. For a free trial of Philo, go to philo.tv slash DTH. You're about to hear some ads that help keep the lights on here in the old studio. 
thanks for listening or don't listen. It's really up to you at this point. It's at the end of the show. I mean, you're listening to me. Hi. But here they come. I promise they're coming. Yep, here they are. Happy day.